On this episode of the Audible Time Out Edition, Marco takes the debate stage by storm, winning the night in spectacular fashion, and in the process, landing some serious blows on Donald Trump. We have all of your debate highlights on this timeout edition of The Audible, a quick update from the official podcast of Marco Rubio for President. On Thursday, the stakes were higher than ever as the candidates faced off in the last debate before Super Tuesday. Marco's great night started with this strong opening statement. Well, thank you. This election, we have to decide the identity of America in the 21st century. But as part of this primary, we have to find out our identity as a party and as a movement. 36 years ago, Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush began the Reagan Revolution. For a generation, they defined conservatism as limited government and free enterprise and a strong national defense. But they also appealed to our hopes and our dreams. Now we have to decide if we are still that kind of party and still that kind of movement or if we're simply going to become a party that preys on people's angers and fears. I hope we remain that conservative movement that appeals to our hopes and our dreams and the belief that America will always be better in its future than it's been in its history. The first topic was immigration. And while Marco was unequivocal, Donald Trump was trying to cover his spotty record. When I'm president of the United States, before we do anything on immigration, we are going to secure the border. And that's not just the physical border with Mexico. It's visa overstays. That's 45% of the problem right there. It also has to do, that's why we need E-Verify and an entry-exit tracking system and so forth. And until that happens, we're not doing anything else. And then we'll see what the American people are willing to support. And Donald mentioned, because he mentioned me in his answer, that his position on immigration is what's driven this debate. Well, the truth is, though, that a lot of these positions that he's now taking are new to him. In 2011, he talked about the need for a pathway to citizenship. In 2012, Donald criticized Mitt Romney, saying that Mitt lost his election because of self-deportation. And so even today, we saw a report in one of the newspapers that, Donald, you've hired a significant number of people from other countries to take jobs that Americans could have filled. My mom and dad, my mom was a maid at a hotel, and instead of hiring an American like her, you have brought in over a thousand people from all over the world to fill those jobs instead. So I think this is an important issue. And I think we all realize increasingly that's an important issue for the country that's been debated for 30 years, but finally needs to be solved once and for all. If he builds the wall the way he built Trump Towers, he'll be using illegal immigrant labor to do it. The second... So cute. Such such a cute soundbite. But it's not a soundbite, it's a fact. Again, go online and Google it. Donald Trump, Polish workers, you'll see it. The second thing about the trade war, I don't understand because your ties and the clothes you make is made in Mexico and in China. So you're going to be starting a trade war against your own ties and your own suits. You know why? Because they devalue their currencies. They devalue their currencies. Well, then make them in America. That makes it impossible. Well, you don't know a thing about business. You lose well, on everything Well, make them in America. Do. Let me just tell you. They devalue their currencies. China, Mexico, everybody, Japan, wow. with the cards. They devalue their currencies to such an extent that our businesses cannot compete with them. Our workers lose their and jobs. So you make them but in China and Russia. But you wouldn't know anything about it because you're a lousy Well, I don't know anything man. about bankrupting four companies. You bankrupted four companies. I don't know anything about Starting a university, a fake university, a fake university. There are people who borrow $36,000 to go to Trump University, and they're suing him now. $36,000 to go to a university. That's a fake school. And you know what they got? They got to take a picture with a cardboard cutout of Donald Trump. And by the way, that's what they got for the $36,000. I want to move on. They actually did a very good job, but I've won most of the lawsuit. Senator, I want to bring in the lawsuit. I want to bring in my colleague Maria Celeste. Excuse me. Well, let me ask you. Am I allowed to? You're allowed. You've been responding. Okay, well, let me, no, I haven't. I really haven't. He's talking the whole thing. Here's the guy. Here's the guy. 
that buys a house for 179,000, he sells it to a lobbyist who's probably here for 380,000, and then legislation is passed. You tell me about this guy. This is what we're going to have. Here's the guy that inherited 200 million dollars. If he hadn't inherited 200 million dollars, you know where Donald Trump would be right now? Selling watches in Manhattan. I wrong. I took. That's that is so wrong. We'll work on that. I took one million dollars and I turned it into oh, okay. ten million. billion dollars. I borrowed one then million dollars. Then release the tax return so we can see how I much money he makes. I borrowed one million dollars. Well, I turned it into ten billion. Then he took Trump on for his weak record of standing with conservatives. You've heard this exchange on religious liberty. Yep. You have said that religious liberty will trump even the ability of people to stay away from same-sex marriages, not provide flowers, not provide baked goods, etc. Are you satisfied with this exchange on religious liberty? Well, I think you a very important question because the issue here about the next president of the United States has to fill this vacancy. Justice Scalia, in the history of the Republic, there has never been anyone better than him at standing for the principle that the Constitution is not a living and breathing document. It is supposed to be applied as originally meant. And the next president of the United States has to be someone that you can trust and believe in to appoint someone just as good as Scalia, plus there may be at least two other vacancies. So you ask Mr. Trump to respond and say that he would, and he says that he would, but the bottom line is if you look at his record over the last 25 or 30 years, on issue after issue, he has not been on our side. Now, if he's changed, we're always looking for converts into the conservative movement. But the bottom line is that you don't have a record there to look at and say, I feel at peace that when Donald Trump is president of the United States, he's going to be firmly on our side on these issues. In fact, very recently, he was still defending Planned Parenthood. He says he's not going to take sides in the Palestinians versus <coughs> Israel. These are concerning things. And so, yes, I have a doubt about whether Donald Trump, if he becomes president, will replace Justice Scalia with someone just like Justice Scalia. Next up was Obamacare. And while Marco has a clear-cut health care plan, Trump's was nowhere to be found. Senator Rubio, you said yesterday right here in Houston that Mr. Trump thinks part of Obamacare is pretty good. So he says he is going to repeal Obamacare. Are you saying that the you're worried he mandate. won't? He said he likes the individual mandate portion of it, which I don't believe him, that, that should be part of it. That should not remain there. I think here's what we need to replace it with. We need to repeal Obamacare completely and replace it with a system that puts Americans in charge of their health care money again. If your employer wants to buy health insurance for you, they can continue to do so from any company in America they want to buy it from. Otherwise, your employers can provide you health care money, tax-free, not, not treated as income, and you can use that money only for health care, but you can use it to fund health care any way you want fully fund a health savings account, the combination of a health savings account or a private plan from any company in any state in the country. And if you don't have that, then you, get a, then you will have a refundable tax credit that provides you health care money to buy your own health care coverage. And that, I think, is a much better approach than Obamacare, which, by the way, isn't just bad for health care. It's bad for our economy. It is a health care law that is basically forcing companies to lay people off, cut people's hours, move people to part time. It is not just a bad health care law. It is a job killing law. And I will repeal it as president and we will replace it with something substantially better for all Americans. Mr. Trump, the insurance companies are making an absolute fortune. Yes, they will keep pre-existing conditions, and that would be a great thing. Get rid of Obamacare, we'll come up with new plans, but we should keep pre-existing conditions. And I was mentioned in his response, so if I may, about the insurance companies. You may not be aware of this, Donald, because you don't follow this stuff very closely, but here's what happened. When they passed Obamacare, 
They put a bailout fund in Obamacare. All these lobbyists who keep talking about, they put a bailout fund in the law that would allow public money to be used, taxpayer money, to bail out companies when they lost money. And we led the effort and wiped out that bailout fund. The insurance companies are not in favor of me. They hate that. They're suing now to get that bailout money put back in. Here's what you didn't hear in that answer. And this is important, guys. This is an important thing. What is your plan? I understand the lines around the state, whatever that means. This is not a game where you draw maps around. And you around. don't know what it What means. is your plan? That's the problem. What you is your plan on health care? You the don't have a problem. The biggest well, problem, is, he doesn't I'll give know. Him one minute the biggest problem he's plan. got is he What's doesn't know. You know, I watched him melt down two weeks ago with Chris Christie. I got to tell you, the biggest problem he's got is he really doesn't know about the lines. The biggest thing we've got, and the reason we have no competition, is it's, because we have lines around the state, that, and you have, you have that, essentially We already mentioned that as part of my plan. Yeah, I know yeah. what that is. I, but what is part of your plan? Much. So your only thing is to get rid of the lines around the states. What else is part of your health care plan? What the lines around the states mean? That's your only plan. And it was plan. almost done. No, no. You know All what right, that does? I'll that give brings him time in, to mind. He can tell us his plan. Excuse me. That What's brings in competition. When you get rid of the lines, it brings in competition. So instead of having one insurance company taking care of New York or Texas, you'll have many. They'll compete. And it'll be a beautiful thing. Right. And so that's the only part of the plan? Just the lines, the in interstate well, well, competition? No, the, the nice part about the plan, you'll have many different plans. You'll have competition. You'll have so many different plans. But now he's I repeating think, himself. No, I'm not repeating. No, no, no. Him repeat himself five times four weeks ago. And I, I saw you repeat you, yourself five it times was a five meltdown. seconds ago. I watched him. I watched him melt down on the stage like let's I've let's, never seen anybody. Say, I thought he came out of the swimming pool. I said, well, let's talk, let's I see talk him about repeat himself plan. every night. It says five things. Everyone's dumb. Rubio, He's going to make America great Senator again. Rubio, We're going to win, win, win. Senator He's Rubio, winning in please. the polls. Please and the lines around the state. And if that wasn't enough, Marco would not let Trump off the hook when it came to his stance on Israel. Senator Rubio, what's wrong with the U.S. being an honest broker in a negotiation as Mr. Trump because is the, proposing? Because, and I don't know if Donald realizes this, I'm sure it's not his intent perhaps, but the position you've taken is an anti-Israel position, and here's why. Because you cannot be an honest broker in a dispute between two sides in which one of the sides is constantly acting in bad faith. The Palestinian Authority has walked away from multiple efforts to make peace. Very generous offers from the Israelis. Instead, here's what the Palestinians do. They teach their four-year-old children that killing Jews is a glorious thing. Here's what Hamas does. They launch rockets attacks against Israel on an ongoing basis. The bottom line is a deal between Israel and the Palestinians, given the current makeup of the Palestinians, is not possible. And so the next president of the United States needs to be someone like me who will stand firmly on the side of Israel. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm not either side. I will be on his side. I will be on Israel's side every single day because they are the only pro-American free enterprise democracy in the entire Middle East. Mr. Trump. I'm a negotiator. I've done very well over the years through negotiation. It's very important that we do that. 
In all fairness, Marco is not a negotiator. I watched him melt down, and I'll tell you, it was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. He's not going down. He thinks Excuse the Palestinian me, minute, is a real estate deal. And these people may <laughs> even be tougher than Chris Christie, okay? The Palestinians are not a real estate deal, Donald. Okay, no, no, no. A deal, not a, real a deal estate is deal. a deal. Let me tell you, a deal I've learned is a not long a deal time when you're ago. dealing with terrorists. Have you, you ever negotiated with terrorists? You are not a negotiator. Terrorists? You are not a negotiator. Marco wrapped up the debate with a powerful call to action. Well, thank you for having us tonight. You know, this campaign has come a long way. It was just a few months ago, there were 15 or 11 of us on stage, and now it's narrowed, and the votes are starting to count. And we have an incredible decision to make, not just about the direction of America, but the identity of our party and of the conservative movement. The time for games is over. I know you've had a lot of choices to make, but now it's time to narrow it down. And I'm asking you to get behind me. Go on my website and join our effort, MarcoRubio.com, so we can bring an end to the silliness, this looniness, and once again re-embrace all the things that made America and the Republican Party the bearer of the conservative movement in this country. The reaction was immediate and across the board. Marco won the night. Here's NBC's Katie Turr. I think that Marco Rubio came out the winner of this debate. He was attacking him and I think from his uh, university, his fake university, he called it, his uh, suits and ties being made in Mexico, his inheritance, his position on Israel and Palestine, uh, health care, Obamacare. I mean, he just came out firing on all cylinders. His campaign even pushing out uh, uh, watches, Trump watches. And if you donate to his campaign, you don't get a broken watch. You actually uh, get Rubio instead. So I think... Rubio campaign feels happy. And here's Mark Thiessen's take on Fox News. We saw Rubio out there, I mean, you know, like a prize fighter, just jabbing and, you know, bouncing. He was smiling. He seemed to be enjoying it. <laughs> so what, what was his goal? Because the odds of him pulling away Trump's core support, not so good. No, absolutely. I mean, Charles said he was landing haymakers. He was also letting jabs and cross, uh, crosses and uppercuts. I mean, it was just a pummeling. Uh, and the first half of the debate was just... Uh, uh, was just Marco Rubio versus Donald Trump for the most part. Well, what was he doing? So think about this. There's 35% of the electorate that is for Donald Trump. He was not going after those people. He was not trying to dislodge those people. He was going for the other 65% who wants somebody other than Donald Trump, who he's got to consolidate if he's going to get this to a one-on-one -on -one match. And if you think about it, after South Carolina, after Nevada, there were millions of Republicans in that group who are absolutely despondent that Donald Trump is inevitable, that nobody can lay a glove on this guy. And what Marco Rubio did today was to have those millions of Americans look and say, finally, finally, somebody landed a glove on this guy. Finally, somebody drew blood from Donald Trump. When? And so, what was the draw blood moment? Well, you played a, a litany of, uh, as you called it, the bazooka uh, of opposition research. But I think the real uh, moment there was right before that bazooka when he talked, when he kept trying to get him to tell, talk about his health care plan. Well, what is your plan? What is your plan? What is your plan? And Trump kept saying the lines, the lines around the states. And lines he said, that's it. What about what else in the lines? He sh exposed him as being a complete empty suit. And so I think. He, there was just, it wasn't just one moment, it was a series of moments. It was watching a pummeling. And I think that, that a lot of people looked at Marco Rubio tonight and said, that's the guy. That's the guy who can take on Donald Trump, and I can't wait to see him against Hillary Clinton. So. And Charles Krauthammer? Uh, and the electric moment here was when Rubio went after Trump on health care, which is not exactly the subject you would have thought would have sparked this. But that's when Rubio used ridicule in going after Trump on his so-called solution or replacement for Obamacare. And what he did is he tried to show 
and I thought with some effectiveness, that there was really nothing there in the Trump proposal. But don't just take it from the pundits. Here's Frank Luntz and his focus group. Frank Luntz and his focus group of Texas Republican primary voters. Take it away, Frank. We're going to do something very different, which is we've been having this great discussion while you guys have been talking back there in Washington. So tell me, shout out, who won the debate? That's right. The entire group was unanimous. Marco won the debate. On Friday morning, he went on the morning shows for a bit of a victory lap. Here he is on Good Morning America, where he continued to expose Trump. Senator Rubio, thank you for joining us this morning. Lots of great reviews and great headlines last night. But the big question this morning for you, is it too little too late? Well, I don't believe that. I think it's important for people to understand they have a choice to make. Look, if this pattern continues, the conservative movement and the Republican Party is going to be taken over by a con artist, by someone who's portraying himself as the fighter of the ordinary person. You know, he's out there fighting for the working man. But in fact, Donald Trump has spent years sticking it to the working people. Why didn't you make this case earlier? Was that a mistake? Because, you know, George, I would prefer not to get into this situation where we're attacking one another, but the cover he's getting from the media these days is extraordinary. You watch last night on the cable shows afterwards, and they're all like, oh, what is Trump going to do now to Marco Rubio? Like, he's some sort of invincible force. And I think what you realize is there are people now in the media, I'm not saying you, but others, rooting for him to win because they love, first of all, what it means for the ratings in a general election. But here's the other. For those who are biased, this means you're going to have a Republican nominee who basically agrees with Hillary Clinton on Planned Parenthood, on being neutral on Israel, on, uh, you know, even on, on issues regarding the economy, like the takeover of our health care system by government. I mean, he used a talking point last night that Democrats consistently use, that if you don't support a government intervention in, in the uh, healthcare industry, you're in favor of letting people die in the streets. So they're holding back, and as soon as the nominee, they're going to open up the floodgates and hit them with a bunch of stories. And so it's important for Republicans and conservatives to be aware of what's happening here. Meantime, he has been hitting you overnight on Twitter in interviews as well. He's calling you a choke artist, calling you a lightweight, and puts up this tweet uh, that has the cover of the Drudge Report this morning asking, where do you win? And that is a big question. Donald Trump is ahead in almost every state on Super Tuesday. You're ahead in none. Yeah, I acknowledge I'm an underdog, and I have been my entire life. Unlike Donald, I didn't inherit hundreds of millions of dollars. My dad was a bartender. My mother did the job as a maid that Donald Trump now hires foreigners to do. And my whole life I've had to fight, and I'm going to now, because there is no way that the party of Reagan and the conservative movement, I'm going to allow it to be taken over by a con artist. He says I'm a choker. He's a con artist. He consistently is telling people he's going to be out there fighting on their behalf, but he has spent 40 years sticking it to the people he now claims to be fighting for. That's it for your Audible timeout. The Audible will be back later this week with highlights from Super Tuesday. Don't forget to subscribe to The Audible on iTunes so you never miss a new episode. And don't forget to to leave a rating and a review so more people can hear Marco's message. To get daily campaign updates delivered straight to your inbox, Subscribe to the Daily Kickoff email at marcorubio.com slash kickoff.